G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's get back to a conversation today that points to why we behave the way we do. And we might have family members, we might have our own children or work colleagues, and we think, why do they do the things that they do? And it may be because they're built that way and shaped that way by the things that they believe. And of course, as a Christian believer, you might say, well, I'm believing some different things to them, and my behaviors are different to the way that they are behaving. So there's a certain contrast you can draw here as to the way Christians behave differently to those who do not hold any Christian faith. Well, let's get some insights into what we believe and why we behave the way we do with LL Ministries. Paul Ryan is the Centre Director of LL Ministries. It's a non-denominational Christian ministry and bases in Sydney and in Melbourne and 50 centres around the world on five continents. Paul Ryan, a special welcome back to 2020. It is great to be back, Neil, and uh, lovely to be here with all your listeners. Paul, understanding how our beliefs drive our behaviours, this is a really good proof, isn't it, uh, for how Christianity, in fact, changes a life, that believing in Jesus, following his precepts, actually makes you a different person. How do you describe this idea of uh, beliefs and behaviours? Yes, absolutely. When I made a decision for Jesus personally, um, it, it, it I was transferred from one kingdom to another, and for that I'm very thankful. In fact, that's the greatest healing anyone can ever receive. But what I did notice was that not a lot of my behaviours changed directly. Uh, there was some sort of really inner conflict that I really had to try to get my head around and wrestle out. You know, we need to acknowledge that our behaviours are really driven by our belief systems 100% of the time. So the real question has to be asked is, what are the real beliefs we carry in our heart but are not readily recognized by us. In other words, what's below the waterline that we can't see that's driving our behaviors? Things of the past, wounds, etc., that could be causing us to believe things that may not necessarily be true, but they feel true to us and they come out in our behaviors. I love the Proverbs 23, verse 7 in the New King James Version that says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So whatever a man or a woman thinks in their heart, that's who they see themselves as, and that is how they will behave. So it's, it's not what you think you are, but it's what you think you are. You will act in that way. And could I give an example of what I'm trying to unpack here? Sure. Would that be okay to offer that, Neil? Yes. Uh, just, I think for most listeners, they'd be familiar that somewhere around about the 12th century, most sailors would have recognized that the world was flat. That was the belief system at the time. The world is flat. And if you were a sailor heading off to discover new lands in a sailing ship, in a tall ship, after several weeks at sea, you get a little nervous sailing at night because you can't see the horizon coming. Uh, if the captain won't drag the anchor at night, uh, you'd be very concerned that you could sail off the edge of the world because your belief system is the world's flat. We're going to eventually end up over this cliff face of a flat world unless we can do something about this. And so 
what could take place in a scenario like that is a mutiny occurs where the crew overthrow the captain, throw him in the brink, and then turn the ship around to sail for home sweet home, thinking that saved their life. If you just unpack that analogy I've just shared there, their belief is the world is flat. The emotion that surfaces from that belief system is absolute fear and terror that they're going to die. They're in fear for their lives. And the behaviour that comes out of that is mutiny. It's a rebellion. So the belief, the world is flat. The emotion is fear. Their behaviour is an act of rebellion. All of that takes place unconsciously without the sailors even thinking about it. There's only one problem. It's all based on a lie because the world is not flat. So I wonder how many situations in our life are we acting out of behaviour driven by an emotion, but it's really rooted in a wrong belief system. Does that make sense to you all what I've just shared there? It does make sense, and it makes sense too to recognise that at that moment where we make a decision to make Jesus Christ Lord and Saviour, sometimes we call that a point of being born again, but we don't instantly, almost as though we're hit by a bolt of lightning, change and become mature uh, in the things of God. There's a certain process. Uh, I guess sometimes we talk about that discipleship process being a process of sanctification, of becoming holy, becoming more yeah. like Christ. So what we're looking forward to here, Paul, no doubt, if we're talking about beliefs driving behaviours, is this compounding change that happens as our identity aligns more and more with Christ. Is that the way you would work it? Yes, yes, but it's it's... It's funny because I used to, as a senior pastor of a church, I would preach like that. But underneath my waterline, there were behaviours that weren't changing that I didn't know what was behind them. I didn't know how to make those changes. So there was this inner turmoil and wrestle with what I knew to be the truth in Scripture. And as a believer and follower of Christ and even a leader, there were still these struggles in my life that I didn't know how to overcome. I mean, like, no one ever unpacked for me that the influences in my background, such as my parents or the guardians over me, or the peer life and the, those who I socialise with could affect me, or the environment or the, the, the demographic region I came out of, or the economic background I came out of, or the educational background, or the cultural, or the religious, or the political background, or the adversity I faced in life, or the hospitalisation and, and, and the traumas that I faced, or the media influences I come under. I never understood how much that affects my belief system and clashes often with what the Word of God is telling me. And so if there are wounds in my life, and just... For example, in my story, my father walks out as an alcoholic away from an alcoholic mother when I'm three years of age, and I saw domestic violence occurring in front of me, and it was a very traumatizing scenario. And at that moment, when my dad walks out, I buy into a lie that something must be wrong with me, because if my dad walks out on this, maybe if I'd been a better little boy, maybe he would have stayed around. And so for most of my earlier adult life, I carry this belief system that First of all, there must be something wrong with me. And secondly, that, um, you know, I am on my own. I can't ask for help because I've been abandoned. This whole world and my battle against it is up to me. I can't go to a holy God for it. I've got to work this out. If I went to him, he wouldn't be available to me. And I carried all this into many years into my Christianity until I went to an Ella Ministries healing retreat. And they identified this as a wound back here and said, Paul, you're buying into a lie back here as a little boy that is just not true. And when I got prayer for that and was ministered to in that area, it's like, like a switch was thrown in me. 
that was powerful in the way I suddenly saw myself differently and suddenly all these areas of Christian walk that I was struggling in suddenly, suddenly started to resolve themselves in ways that I can't take credit for, that only a holy God could receive the credit for. It was stunning. And so it's one of the core areas elementary teachers in. Where are the areas of our behaviours and the symptoms in our life where we can't change the behaviour easily? What's going on below the waterline in our belief systems and what's caused those beliefs, perhaps wounds and previous incidents that could be behind that that no one's ever really considered could be driving the behaviours that they can't change that they would like to change. So I imagine one of the first things you'd work at would be this perception we have of God. And uh, when you share your own story there, I can hear what might be, what I might think is a right way of thinking about a gracious, loving God who isn't ready to beat me around the ears because of the things that I find that there are conflict within, the things I feel like I can't resolve. So this perception of who God is and how he'll respond when I open up my heart in in such a way that uh, everything within me is laid bare, that's an important starting point, Paul. Oh, yeah, look, that that's huge. Um, for many saints, you know, we could probably quote Scripture quite well if we've had some number of years within church, we've heard a lot of great teaching and we're very familiar with Scripture. We could quote Scripture, but the problem is that Jesus made it clear that the Pharisees knew the Word of God in two different languages, but he said, you have never heard my Father's voice in John chapter 5. And so in my life, that was certainly true. I, I was very familiar with Scripture. I, I, I'd, I'd been to Bible college. I'd, 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 I'd done studies. I had... You know, a qualification that got me into leadership within church. But inside my heart, I was seeing God in just exactly how you were describing it. I was had a projected view of God that was based on how I saw my father. I mean, I was fearful, who got angry, who couldn't be trusted, who was all over the place. And I couldn't go to God for help because I believed him to be just like my dad. And we're really stepping into a whole, another whole area here of looking at the Father heart of God. But, but for me, the core belief that I had to overcome was a wrong belief of God based on previous events. When I came to Jesus and made a solemn and precious decision to be a follower of Christ, that belief system didn't get fixed just like that. There was some time and ministry that had to be devoted to going after that to get that restored before I could begin a journey with God to see him as true Father and just how great he is. It wasn't automatic. So one of those lies that you might deal with, one of those beliefs that might be affecting your behaviours simply could be as simple as the way I think about God is aligned with the way I think about my own father and if my perception of my own father is bad, then my perception of God will be that way too. When Jesus told the parable about building your life on the rock, uh, you know, that one where, uh, you know, the wise man builds his house on the rock, the foolish man builds his house on the sand. Uh, getting to the rock uh, to get the foundation in place, thats uh, I guess that's a really important key uh, to be able to build your life on the right beliefs so that you are directed in a way that will grow you maturely and being able to face all of the storms that life might throw against us. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus is in fact that rock. And interestingly, in uh, John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, which suggests he's not just the truth, the way, and the life, but Jesus is the only way to the Father. So, so for me personally, and for many other people, Jesus is the only one that can expose where the lies are we're still living in, that we don't readily see. 
And it's through his restorative work of the cross with specific targeted prayer to help us know what to repent of, what we need to go after, to be able to deal with that, to change, in this case, my view of Father God. It was only Jesus that could do that. But there are other examples of different lies we could carry. Like if I believe, you know, uh, if I'm a woman who's been attacked by men and I believe all men are unsafe, then the scenario then unfolds when you consider the scripture points to Jesus, who came as a man, as this God we want to go to for our rescue. And then Jesus trains us to pray to our Father who art in heaven. So these masculine images of God in Scripture, for a woman who's been harmed by men, that's a really difficult step up. She might be walking as a Christian who loves God, but she really trusts, has major trust issues with men, and I'll guarantee you she has an issue trusting God because there'll be wounds in the past will not have been resolved there. Or if, if I have trust issues in regards to fear and anxiety because I just don't trust God's going to come through for me to provide or protect, there'll be belief systems that could be driving that. There's a myriad of ways in which the beliefs that we carry in our inner heart caused by wounds that are unresolved that Jesus can heal will be affecting our behaviours today, Neil. Well, amazing stuff that we're talking about today and I suspect we might need to take another time and have a longer conversation about these issues of what we believe and how that drives our behaviours. And so, you know, if, uh, just reflecting on that scripture in Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 45, uh, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasures produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Uh, powerful concepts when we talk about the way we behave. And Paul, thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us once again today. I'll point people to the website where they might be able to find some resources, even a connecting point, even the opportunity to have someone pray. And that is the LL Ministries website. Paul Ryan is the Centre Director of LL Ministries. The website address is LL, spelt E-L-L-E-L. That's E-L-L-E-L dot org dot A-U. It's a non-denominational Christian ministry in 50 centres around the world on five continents. And uh, Paul Ryan, Director of LL Ministries here in Australia with uh, some bases in Sydney and in Melbourne. Paul, thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts once again today on 2020. It's great talking about this stuff with you and your listeners, Neil. God bless. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.